0: Today's show's gonna bring you hope. Hello. I'm going to do a little introduction before we start the show because I want to explain what this episode is going to be. Today I interview my friend Julia Lines. She is a county administrator for the county of Isante, Minnesota, and she and some other people in the county put together this wellness initiative called the Orange Frog, which is based on Sean Anker's research and his book called The Happiness Advantage. When they did this, they actually got some critics who were Christian and really have not been in support of it, and even writing letters to the editors, they're coming to all the meetings, and this interview is a response to this interaction. So she actually reached out to me and said, hey, thought maybe this could be a good show for you, if not, let's at least talk, and her and I were able to have a really awesome meeting that turned into... A show, so we actually did an interview on this, but I didn't want anybody but to be confused about this. You can actually look up the Happiness Advantage, linking positive brains to performance, which is a TED Talk, um, and then I also combat kind of the same Christian. Thought, which is Carolyn Leaf's The Science of Thought TED Talk. We really have a good conversation, and behind the basis of this interview is really government and Christianity coming together, and me just responding and saying that God is bigger than all of this, that we don't have to have someone who's outwardly Christian to be doing good things for the kingdom of God. That's kind of how I respond, but I just wanted you to have a little bit of an intro before stepping into this interview. You are going to be blessed by this. And I just want to encourage you that if you are having issues in your community or your city or your county or even your state, to really press into what God is doing and to think outside the box. There has been a lot of opposition when it comes to politics and a lot of fear. I think that there's been some Christians who have very well reason to be fearful about things but it's not what's going to actually bring us more authority. It's not what's going to bring us more power, and it's really not what's going to bring people to know Jesus. In First Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So I just pray for blessings as you step forward into this episode, and I pray for God's favor over your city, over your county, over your state, and really over your mind to be operating from a place of love, of power, and a sound mind. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. Today is going to be a little bit different. I don't normally have shows like this, but I think we have a unique opportunity. I have with me Julia Lines. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. So Julia is actually a childhood best friend. When we were in fourth grade, we actually had a book business together. So very early, we learned that we are very driven and really wanted to do something for the world and through Julia's story, that same thing has happened. So you started out actually by becoming a lawyer.
1: I was a civil litigation defense attorney for about 10 years and I really loved being in the courtroom, but I worked for insurance companies and I think at the end of the day, saving insurance companies money did not fuel my heart. So I went to work for a school district. I was the human resources director and inside counsel for a school district for about five years. And I loved that job because I felt like I was making the school a better place for kids and staff. And then I was approached actually by the sheriff in Isani County with a job opportunity with Isani County called the administrator. And I actually at first said, I'm good. Thank you for thinking of me. I'm honored, (laughs) but I'm really happy. But then I looked into it. I looked at the job description and I thought, wow, this is a really amazing leadership opportunity in the community where I live. And I feel just very humbled that he thought I could do the job. So I applied and I've been the Isani County Administrator now for about two years. I started in January of 2020. So I had maybe a month before COVID hit and then it turned into pandemic-related stuff and other leadership challenges, but it's been amazing.
0: That's my career journey. To me, it's very inspiring to hear. So you are right now, you're the Isani County Administrator. And so that's in the state of Minnesota for people who are in, in the United States. It's about an hour north of the Twin Cities. You really care about the community and you really wanted to bring a change into the community. And why don't you share behind what you wanted to do and what you guys did and then why we're even doing this interview. Definitely.
1: Along with the pandemic, there's been
0: some federal
1: relief money that's come directly to counties. And the first round of relief was called the CARES Act. And we really spent that money on local business support with grants, vaccines, masks, all of that pandemic related stuff with that first round. And then we got another round of funding. And it was last summer I was actually sitting on my deck working uh, remotely on one of those beautiful days where you want to be out on your deck. And I was reading the 145 pages of IRS guidance on what we could spend this money on. And
0: I really appreciated that. <laughs> well, Thank you for doing all that reading.
1: Yeah, right. They asked us to look at the other fallout of the pandemic specific to our community. And one piece highlighted mental health. So they wanted us to take some of these funds and try to focus in on some of the mental health related issues that the pandemic created. So, I knew that in 2019, our local Alina and my Sandy County Public Health did a community health needs assessment. And for the first time ever, social isolation was identified as one of the top three concerns of our residents. So, this was before the pandemic, remember? And at that time, they were scratching their heads like social isolation, what can we do to help people with that? That's an interesting new problem, right? Well, then, of course, the pandemic hit and we were told to go home, stay six feet apart, wear a mask. Don't talk to your loved ones that are in senior living facilities. And so we know what happened with that social isolation problem. It was just magnified. So I was sitting there going, oh, wow, what could we possibly do about that? And I remembered having read Sean Aker's book. He's a Harvard positive psychologist, and he wrote a book called The Happiness Advantage. Mm And really his research shows that I think people historically think once I reach X level of success, then they'll be happy. Once I get the job, once I get the house, once I get the car, whatever your ideas of success, people think until I attain that, then I'll magically be happy. Well, he found that the opposite of that is actually true, that the happier we are in our everyday lives. The more successful, the more creative, the healthier we'll be physically and mentally. But Sean also knows that not that many people read Harvard um, business you know, review articles or even the Happiness Advantage book that compiles his research. So he wanted to find a way to transfer that research into an easily digestible way. So he wrote a parable called The Orange Frog. And it's just a short little book. And it tells the tale of Spark, the frog who's naturally orange, and he's naturally positive. And at first, Spark tries to fit in. He tries to fit in with the green frogs. And so he you know, covers himself up with moss and that kind of thing. But he notices that he's not as happy when he does that. So when he's doing kind things for others is when he's the happiest and he becomes more orange when he does that. But eventually Spark ends up turning the other frogs orange and they become a much more thriving community where they're able to find food, build shelter and do all the things to be thriving. So that's the orange frog concept. So Isani County actually invested some money for this. It's called the Happiness Advantage Orange Frog Initiative countywide. So we offer free public workshops and we've just done a lot of things to increase awareness and positivity but the goal is really to help people develop healthier positive habits but also reconnect. So a big part of the initiative is challenging people to go out and do kind things for others because when we're doing stuff for others is when we're happiest. So the whole goal is to address mental well-being but just really get people to reconnect on a human level again. It's been a fun journey, it's been interesting and and part of the reason I reached out to you is because there's been some kind of criticism of the movement. And that's coming from a religious aspect. So that was something I wanted your expert opinion on and to talk through with you, which I so appreciate just being able to text you and and ask these questions. Yeah, just for
0: the listeners, I will actually post the Ted talk that Sean has, which is really awesome. I just wanted to speak up what the initiative is. And he talks about having small changes ripple outwards. So these small changes, he kind of talked about who are the outliers, the orange frogs that we're stepping out and we're being brave. We're doing something different and actually being encouraging to other people. And these are the things that your community or that he talks about is being grateful, practicing gratitude, journaling, exercise, meditation, and random acts of kindness. You've reached out to me. You said there's some small group of people who, why don't you share a couple of the messages that they've actually spoken to you? You don't have to go into detail, but just what they are saying and why they're in opposition of it. They showed up and actually were opposed to it from the beginning. And I
1: should note that the county board approved the initiative on a 3-2 vote. So it was a divided vote on behalf of the board. And I think part of it is just There's never been a place in history where we received federal dollars to do something like this. And there's a lot of things you could do with this money. It's not like, oh, here's some money from the federal government. You can use it on the happiness advantage. That's not how it worked. And it was a unique thing for the board to consider because they're used to just, we collect taxes, those are levy dollars, we use them for roads, general things you think about with government. For some, it was a hard concept for them to think about spending this money on, but it's a unique time. So I will say that I think the two board members that didn't vote for it. They just orange frogs sound kind of silly. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't really know if it was one of them said, maybe we should just hire more therapists. And they were just looking at it maybe as a more traditional perspective. So that being said, there's been a small group of people that have showed up at public comments for board meetings, and they've written several opinion letters in the local papers. And I think what they're saying is that they think that the only way to find happiness is through God. So if you're proposing anything else that's not going to church or reading the Bible or just traditional means of worship, then they are opposed to it is kind of the general
0: concept. Okay. Before we recorded this, we actually did already talk about this. My response to that would be, I would say, yes, I do agree that the only way is the word of God and the word of God is over everything. And the word of God is in everything. God actually created gratitude. God created meditation. He's the originator of meditation, not yoga, not whatever other religions are using meditation. God was the originator of that. And so I believe that God is actually behind what you guys are doing and is over everything. And it really is just our lens and being able to see how big God is. I think we make him too small. We put him in a box. He's bigger than what we think. And he's behind, I mean, having random acts of kindness and make an exercising, that's not bad stuff. That's all really good stuff. And in correlation to what Sean does, there is a Christian neuroscientist named Carolyn Leaf. So I'll actually put one of her TED talks on. She has a book called Switch Off Your Brain. She talks about the exact same research, the 21 day brain detox, what you need to do to shift your brain, because your thoughts are what actually shifts you and controls you. And we are, we operate in kind of this powerless place that we don't have any control of what happens to us, but it's not true. If you change your mind and your thoughts will follow, our brain is neuroplastic. So that neuroplasticity means that we can actually shift. Even if we have TBI, uh, traumatic brain injury, you actually have the ability to shift the neuroplasticity in your brain to actually heal a TBI. It is scientifically possible. And so all of these things that they're doing in the Isani County, those are the things that can actually shift your brain. And God is behind that. In Romans 12, too, it says, don't conform to the powers of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So everything that they're talking about in Isani, God actually was the originator of all those things. So let's come behind them and support them. And the other thing we talked about was that these people are coming to you and saying that the only way is the word of God. I sometimes think that behind that, there can be a spirit of fear and even a spirit of religion where they're afraid that you're this government entity that's coming in and wanting to control. I think there's there's definitely a lot of that happening right now where there's division and there's lots of conspiracies and they're sprinkling truth behind some of it because you're like, oh, it wasn't truth, but now it is truth. And so we're kind of struggling to know what to believe or what not. And why don't you respond to that? Because I think you had a good answer when we talked about that before. The agenda is literally
1: to help people. The goal is to lift people back up out of, because I don't think there's anyone out there who can say that this pandemic hasn't affected them negatively in some way. I just don't think there's anyone out there that can say that. And so I think that is the goal is to just lift people back up, give that hope, that positive spark that we can connect again on a human level, because that's sort of been taken away from us. And we almost need to heal from that. And remember, it's okay to go give someone a hug again and to rekindle that connection, because that's the way that we're going to get past this division. But there is this conspiracy theories and there's this fear out there that is making people very skeptical. And I think, as you will learn in any psychology class, that a certain level of skepticism is good. You don't want to just read the headlines and think that that's true. You should do your research and you should should be skeptical sometimes. But at the same time, what I like about this initiative is that it's really fluid. You take from it what you need. You can develop it into what works for you. So if you are a person of faith, you can use this program. Program to further explore and deepen your faith. If you're not, that's okay too, and maybe it will lead someone to faith. That's possible too. Um, But it's just it's not something that we're like forcing everyone to do. This is a free opportunity for people that are looking for a way to get their minds back to a positive place that might have been gone. Because when you're in a more positive mindset, and it's all about perspective, you can either say, "I'm so sick of this cold weather," or you can say, "Look at the snow on the trees. It's absolutely beautiful." It is about perspective and you're exactly right. Your mind can be trained to think that way. And if you're in a place where you're thankful for what you have, for what's around you, what you've been given, then you're going to have more fulfillment in your life. You're going to be a happier person. Can you You share
0: what you shared about your personal experience? You're like, I'm good. I exercise and and what, (laughs) what this initiative has actually done for you.
1: Yes, I approached the, it's called the International Thought Leaders Network, who puts on these orange frog workshops. And when I had that idea, like I told you last summer, about maybe this initiative, because I know they've done it in school districts. They've done it in big corporations. They've done this as a staff development type thing, employee engagement, that kind of thing. So I had contacted this group and it was sort of a cryptic message where I just filled in the little info question box and said, do you think this can help a whole county? And they were like, she's serious. I don't know if we should call her back, but they did. And we had some really great conversations, but what they agreed to do was put on a pilot workshop And so I gathered together as many community leaders as I could to do this. And it was totally free. What they said was, look, do the workshop. If you like it, if you think that the community will buy into it, then we'll consider some monetary agreement of some sort. So it was totally no risk in doing this. So we gathered all together, did this two-day workshop. And I went into it thinking, I'm in a pretty good place. I'm a runner. I'm outside all the time. I eat pretty healthy. I feel like I'm a pretty positive person. So I didn't necessarily go into it thinking anything would change for me. And what you do when you go to the workshop is you commit to a 21 day habit. And I picked journaling, which is something I used to do years ago and got away from and you have an accountability partner. So you and someone else and you're texting or calling every single day. If you were my partner, Heidi, I'd say, did you write in your journal or did you do your gratitudes every single day? And yeah. you'd have to respond, yes, I did, or no, I didn't. And did that for 21 days. And you know what I found was that it really did change my perspective. Some days I would come home from a long day of work and be cranky, and that's not good for my family. This isn't earth-shattering, groundbreaking. It's small ships. It's just, they teach you this language and these tricks. It's not that we are saying everyone should be happy all the time. No, we're gonna always run into things that are hard. It just helps us realize we're going to get through it. There's light at the other side of the tunnel. And I have the tools to process this and move on and look at the perspective and the positive thing. So it really has changed my perspective on a lot of things. And I just feel like I'm just in a better place. And that sounds kind of cheesy, but it's honestly true. And oh. I wasn't
0: expecting that. Yeah. And my response, I would say that that's God moving in you. So What I see is God is actually in this initiative and He is behind it and He is operating. He is moving people closer and closer to the true heart of God, which is being able to love yourself and bring love into your family and being able to show up the way that you're genuinely want where he genuinely wants you to be. And he wants us to be happy. He wants us to be joyful. He does not want us to be stressed out and away from our neighbors. And so that would be my response to people who are saying it just needs to be the word of God. And I'm saying it is. He's behind it, it like, can be. Yeah. I think what you're doing in the community is huge. The fact that you would message that can this change a county? Those are the kinds of people that we need leading. So I just want to say thank you, Julia, for doing what you're doing and leading how you're leading. And I really honor what you have done because you don't have to do this. You could be a litigation lawyer and probably making lots of money doing that. (laughs) And you chose not to do that. So I think sometimes Christians can get lost in who's doing God's work. They don't have to be somebody who looks the same as you, votes the same as you, that you are an Isani County administrator. You may not vote the same as many Christians, but you know what? You are doing God's work. And thank you so much for what you're doing, Julia.
1: Well, and thank you. this conversation has been really helpful for me. And I knew you'd be a great resource. And
0: it's just nice to be here with you. Thank you so much for listening to this interview with myself and Julia. It truly was an honor and actually really fun to do this interview with her. Because I know her as a childhood friend, I know her heart. And I've seen what she has done, and she's really doing this because she loves the community and wants the community to improve. And I think sometimes us in the faith community can make judgments about people because they may not look like they're doing outward Christian activities, when in reality, God actually could be using them in a mighty, mighty way. And I actually think that that's what's happening with her. And sometimes I think we make God a little smaller and in a box Instead of asking him, what is it that you're doing with this person? What is it that you're doing with this TED Talk or with this book? And there are many people who are not Christians who are making a difference in this world. And I think as Christians, we need to be open to hearing what it is that God has to say. And it can stop us from seeing the revelations and the possibilities of what God has When we put people in a box and we can only listen to certain people and it can cloud us from being open to new things. I think that especially in this last couple of years, Facebook and other social media outlets will literally detour what you hear and listen to based on what you have already listened to. And it stops you from being able to hear different news or some other perspective. And then we don't actually really get to see the full picture of what's actually happening, and make our own decision based on that. We just go off of, I believe this, and this is what I think. And based on what is going on with Julia's community, 1 Timothy one seven says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. So, What I talked about in the interview, our brain literally does what you tell your mind to do. And if we look into new age and power of positive thinking, they're saying the same thing. And so the originator of this is the word of God and what God has said. And so we just have to step into the possibilities and listen to something outside of what we're normally used to listening to and ask God what he has to say about it instead of making quick judgments of it so that we can really see because we should as Christians look like Jesus to the rest of the world. And if we're dealing with people that we don't agree with and we're doing it in a way where we're angry, we're frustrated, and that frustration and that anger is showing up, well, that doesn't make me want to believe in that faith. And really the Great Commission is what we are really meant to do is to really look like Jesus, bring other people to Christ. And we're not gonna do it by walking around being fearful and angry at what other people are doing. There are a lot of things that people are doing that I don't agree with myself and I don't like, but if I stay angry and get frustrated with them and tell them that they are not going to be motivated to want to know this Jesus that I'm talking about. But if I get to know them, if I dive into a relationship with them, if I maybe invite them for coffee, ask them what their kids are like and what they enjoy doing, and I truly am genuine to want to get to know them, they might maybe ask me about my faith. Maybe not the first time we meet, maybe not the second, but if we have a relationship and we keep that ongoing and they see that I'm legit and it's real and I'm not being fake, they might ask about it. And you know what? I'm praying for them in the background. I'm praying for their family. I'm praying for their children. I'm praying for their work. And it's really what we need to be doing as Christians. My hope is that this interview can really open us up to really be open to different mindsets and different ways and seeing that God is actually bigger than what we think. And then I also want to take this opportunity to really bring about what does it mean to actually be a Christ follower? I think there's some people that think they are, or you grew up in a Christian home, and so you think, well, yeah, I know Jesus. I believe in him. Somebody asked me this, if you were going to die tomorrow and you know for sure of your salvation, how do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? And if you can answer that question confidently, well, then for sure, you know. But when I was asked a few years ago, I was like, oh, (laughs) I actually... Wasn't quite sure at the time, and when I was shared the gospel that to be saved and to know that you're going to heaven is that you give your life to Jesus and you believe that He died on the cross for your sins and that all your sins died on the cross with Him, and when He rose again on the third day, you rose again, and so you literally have died and you are now born again with Jesus, and you now are seated in heavenly places. Well, when I was told that, and I thought, Well, yeah, I believe that that's the gospel. And that is what it means to give your life to Jesus. And I think that there's many people that don't actually really know that. And here's the other thing. You don't just say it. You really do need to mean it. And you really do need to make a change in your life because you believe it. And so right now, if there's any of you that are listening that are like, yeah, you know what? I want to renew my faith or I don't even believe in this Jesus. I want to. I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus and make this a commitment in your life because it's the best and most important decision that you will ever make. I have seen so much fruit in my life from it. My marriage has changed around. My business is completely transformed uh, because I took a deeper dive into really knowing God and seeing that the word of God is exciting. Romans 9 says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, You will be saved. And so right now, I want you to just say, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior. I believe that he gave his life for me and that all my sins are on the cross with him. I confess that I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and I am limited without Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that after you hung on the cross and died, that you rose again on the third day and you are now ascended into heaven and are seated at the right hand of the Father and that I can go boldly to the throne of grace and operate from heaven to earth. Holy Spirit, come and live inside of me and teach me your ways, not mine. Amen. So if any of you prayed that prayer, I just wanna say congratulations. You now are a new life. The Holy Spirit is now operating inside of you and will be teaching you how to operate. And to listen to that, you just have to see it's like an antenna (laughs) that goes to heaven and allow yourself to just think internally. It's almost like it's your soul. Your will is now operating from God's will instead of your own. And so to be able to feed that, you wanna spend some time in worship, spend time in the word of God, spend time in prayer. I actually really like to journal. So that's my way of really spending time with God. And sometimes in being in the woods, hunting, you know, even exercising, people aren't really able to find God. So find your way to be able to really commune with him and do it every day. So find at least five to 10 minutes where you're able to spend time with God every day and just get yourself filled before you step into your world and step into your life. So God, we just thank you so much for this episode We thank you for the new Christians that have been able to come into your family and now are children of God. We thank you, Lord, for them. And God, I just pray for your peace that surpasses all understanding to just come over the listeners right now. I pray for new eyes to see and ears to hear and revelation and wisdom to be able to hear different perspectives and to really be able to see that you are bigger than what we think. You are more than what we think. We repent for partnering with small thinking. And we ask God that you just expand our thinking. But for those of you that really care about justice, I pray that you open the doors for them, Lord, that they can step out into opportunities to be able to make a difference in a way that is really helping the community. And God, I just thank you, Lord, for these mighty men and women of God who really have taken their life to serve. And so those of you who have served and really are doing things for the community, thank you. Thank you so much for what you are doing and the difference that you are making. I pray blessings on your family and your finances your work, your dreams and your endeavors. And I pray for God's peace to be with you throughout this next week. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensonLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.